What is up, everybody? It's your galactic demon here, Dicky, and I bring you Dicky time. Got my boy Jebby with me as always. Ayo, Mr. Justin Peterson. And we today we're coming at you from the deepest, darkest corners of Mildew City. <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can get some sound for y'all to just kind of show you where what's going on over here. We we're are out in the wilderness. We decided to have a, a mobile podcast set up today, and we decided to, to burn away the virus outside in our yard. We're sending smoke f- signals into the sky in hopes that Cthulhu will see our calls and come... Remove us from this realm. I wish you guys could see Justin just putting a microphone up to a fire. <laughs> Truly is an interesting image. It sounds really fucking cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah. How was your day, Austin? What what what, what transpired throughout your day today? Uh, play the new hero on Overwatch. That was pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was that was exciting. If you will. What did I do? I don't even know what I did today. We we had a fire earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think I was there. like yeah, podcast was the only thing I had scheduled today. Nice day off. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty chill. I was I've been busting all week on this ad I had, where I did like a you know you were part of it. Did a song for mm-hmm. it. Did a two ad reads for it. Can't. Or I guess it'll be out by then. Yeah, I did, basically did two, like ad reads in one ad read. So there was a lot of writing for that. So it's nice to have this weekend off. How about you, Jeb? Uh, what have you been up to, man? So I uh, yesterday I, I I've been super into biking recently, and uh, I got a flat tire like five miles away from uh, <laughs> uh, the fucking place that we're just chilling at. So I had to, I just fucking uh, posted up at this big ass like rapid uh, river, and I was just like. Uh, just taken in the surroundings, just like, oh, got to make the most out of this. Uh, at least there's this beautiful river and I can just like chill out here and I don't know, like just taking the sights, maybe just spend some time thinking, I guess. I saw your uh, your picture of like your thighs towards the river and then the Prometheus aliens. Yeah. Comparison. This is yeah. what man came from. Yeah. I am Jesus. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was more so like trying to portray like, uh, look at my tiny legs, and then the 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 other half was just like, as if it was like the rest of my body. Oh, I get you. I, I thought because you were at a river, because in that scene when he disrobes, yeah, he disrobes yeah, and like, then he falls into the like, river. Yeah, the, the the tweet was like, I, I got a flat tire, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that scene in Prometheus is just like him committing suicide at the river. <laughs> right. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I, feel yeah. like I, picked, I took the darkest interpretation of your tweet. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was kind of like, I was wondering if anyone was going to be like, you okay, bro? Or <laughs> you could. Everyone's just like, yeah, it's just a, one of those weird jebby tweets, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was 100% that. <laughs> Yeah, what have you been jamming to musically? I uh, I started doing these playlists over on Twitch, um, where I, I compiled like thirty songs or so uh, mm-hmm. per stream, and I have two two playlists right now with a bunch of new tracks. Uh, that new "Make Them Suffer" came out. Did you hear that at all? No. Yeah, they no. have a new single. It's uh, this. It's definitely not their best work, but it's exciting to know that they're putting out new music. What what direction are they kind of going with the new stuff? I don't know if I don't know if this single is directly. Um, like a direct representation of what their new stuff's going to sound like, but the chorus is something that really killed it for me. It was the 
it was the keyboard player. She had like her own little chorus thing, but the melody would just was super weak for a full on chorus, and they did it like four times. Yeah, and just didn't really didn't really land for me personally. But you know that band's put out like five solid records, so. Yeah. I am still excited to hear what they have coming, but I gotta say, yeah, that Drown With Me track was not my favorite. Yeah, pre-me getting a flat tire, like, I, I was <laughs> I'm just... a different uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, bumping a lot of just uh, what, whatever was, like, coming up. Uh, I, I just remember listening to, like, uh, Kubla Khan's last record and then just whatever would just, like, come on. And, uh, yeah, good, they, good they, yeah, they popped up. And, you know, for the longest time, I always had my reserves. I was always just kind of like... You know this band's good, but like they're just not—they're not hitting that that chord with me yet. But recently, it's been like I—I'm I'm rediscovering. I well, I guess I, I never had it before, but like I'm a—I'm starting to appreciate what they're laying down in terms of how I, they I think are lyrically different. as a person. You're kind of just coming around to that too now. Yeah, yeah. is it like looking into the song is beyond just heavy riffs? Yeah, and that's uh, that. That's a good thing to like talk about. Really, is like uh, I felt like for the longest time, I whenever I was listening to heavy music or screamo hardcore, screamo. I I never I never was super into the lyrics. I was just more so focused on the energy and the aggression. I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, as like a, a I guess a twenty six year old man, I'm just like kind of looking inward a little more. I'm like, mm-hmm. what what are these lyrics? How do, how do they like? go with the mood of this song and yeah i don't know it's i i feel like more now than ever i'm i appreciate music for what it is right uh, like like understanding the artist like perspective yeah it's kind of cool especially if it's like somebody like matt for example who comes from you know a really tortured and broken home and somebody who's a person of color they can offer a really unique perspective on uh on things and it's really cool to see how it comes out in his music yeah so I think yeah, Kubla Khan's a great representation of looking deeper into like like their lyrics aren't like you know complex really, but emotionally you're like whoa, this guy's saying some shit. Oh man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely felt that way. Um, I think uh, the new Kubla Khan record was the first record that I was like, okay, let's uh, let's sit down, let's pull up the lyrics, and let's listen to this all the way through, and let's do this a, a, a few times and see if it, it feels different the next time I listen mm-hmm. to it or if I missed anything, you know? I mean, that's, that's so funny. I'm, I'm like the opposite. That's how I've always listened to music is as like the lyrics. Like that was what was most important for me Yeah, was lyrics. And now as an adult, I'm like really into instrumental music, like math core and shit. Yeah. I just like really love like weird, you know, I like appreciate the fuck out of like instrumentals now yeah. versus before I only liked bands if I was like, yo, their vocalist is really cool. Yeah, and I, I think that's just a, a part of getting older, you know. Uh, I I never thought I was going to be listening to as much rap as I am now, but that's like, yeah, that's like the, the main thing I'm listening to now is just... That's like all I listen to is rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been bumping uh, Night Lavelle Heavy recently. Yup. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just like Googling... Me every- subsequently because of how much you listen to it, I have too. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking sick. Bops. And Freddie Dread. You've been bumping a lot of Freddie mm-hmm. Dread too. Yeah, I, I think uh, in terms of where they came from, uh, what they're doing, how it, it has that very underground thing to it. Mm-hmm. They're not signed, you know. Super unique too. <clears throat> Especially with Freddie Dread stuff, like him... Like rapping kind of aggressively over really like major stuff mm-hmm. is very unique. It's it's almost like rapping over the the Wii theme music, like Wii sports music, 
putting like some damn son but over like yeah it's a it's an interesting time to to be a solo artist like uh i mean just seeing what tiktok has done and uh even um just uh working with distributors like i see now that there's this market with tiktok for uh yeah for musicians yeah we were talking about that a little bit earlier that's definitely a good discussion point of how like songs have transcended what they originally were for you know like a song being like a way to express you know a piece of like oh we're all musicians we want to make music we want to express ourselves artistically to now it's almost like a it's like a business model where hey we want this song to go viral so that it does well let's orchestrate essentially a viral hit yeah like look look at a like the crossover of uh like the cole bennett rappers the lyrical lemonade dudes there's that new Blue Fago, um, what's his name? Lil Mosey or something? Oh yeah, you were showing me him. The yeah, other he day. he has a music video at the Hype House, and which is if you don't know what the Hype House is, it's like TikTok kids. There's like 15 TikTok kids that live there, and some like adult owns it. It's really weird, but they just farm content. That's like the whole point of the house is that these kids just make dances all day. Yeah, and they get advertisers and they make a bunch of money. But it's like this whole image of like knowing that your market is younger kids right now. <clears throat> how integral TikTok is. It's it's really crazy. It, like, make or breaks artists. Like, Ash Nico, she blew the fuck up from TikTok. Or Doja Cat. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. dude, even Tiny Meat Gang, their music is gigantic on TikTok. It's just, like, anything that can be made into a meme, it's, like, blows up on TikTok. Like, if I can take, you know, 10 to 20 seconds of out of a song and make it a silly lip sync out of it, it's, like it's fodder you know yeah it's very interesting that that's that's like this new wave of promoting your content yeah and it's it's uh it's where i see these big labels kind of going they're uh they're pushing their they're so detached though it comes off so weird yeah it comes off very cringe but um i think they have their head is in the right place but they just don't understand that it's like when you get like carly ray jepson on a target commercial and it's like carly ray jepson and and tyga Mm -hmm. you're like what the fuck is this (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this what doesn't, are you guys are trying to do? They're this like, doesn't make me want to buy your toothbrush anymore. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. So like, sixty year old dude just went to Billboard. He's like, oh, let's pick two of these, one of the two of these top five artists, and let's <laughs> force them into our commercial. Yeah, <laughs> we know what's hip. We Googled it. <laughs> Trust us. Yeah, yeah. That's always an interesting thing for me. Is like the way these big labels, what they want that. That dirty, grimy, underground dirty. upbringing or image, I guess. Even though, uh, in some cases, they'll just yeah, kind of broken personality sell, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird that they they see that there's a market in that, mm-hmm. and they they just kind of bring in these, I, I guess, like fostered, you know, child stars into that. You know, uh, I think there was a a big thing a while ago about uh, Billie Eilish. You know how she she never was you know a struggling artist to begin with she came from a very prominent family and her brother was like an actor or something like that and he's also a musician yeah and they could they just come from like this really nice uh place in california somewhere you know and uh, they happen to be around you know agents and uh, yeah just coincidentally uh, found their way with uh, a good label mhm and yeah, now she's one of the biggest artists of, I guess, 20, 2019. 
even 2020 right now, I'd say. Yeah, I will say, I think outside of, I think she's a little different from that perspective too, though. Just because she genuinely comes off of like, because of her pedigree and her brother's pedigree that like, uh, I will say a lot of their music does come across as genuine musicianship. Oh yeah, and, like no. the structures of songs. It's like, I don't think it's mm-hmm. necessarily like, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like, I don't think you were intentionally doing it, but it almost was like implicative of saying that, you know, she's like selling the image mm-hmm. of that sadness and stuff. Yeah. Because she was, you know, she didn't have to struggle at all as an artist, but I, I don't know. I think, I think that those feelings come along with that too, of being like told that you're not allowed to have feelings because you, you know, were given a, a better chance than other people. Like I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And not you're to, still allowed to have feelings. Yeah. Not to discount like her as a person by any means, because you know, rich or not, you're going to have, you're going to go through it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's all just a matter of time before you go through psychosis or something or, you know, in, in her case, like I, I definitely, I definitely buy it. A lot of her music is, you know, I'm sad because this is my reality. This is just how I, I'm, I'm expressing myself in my situation. And yeah, she seems very aware of the, uh, the celebrity lifestyle that she's kind of in. Yeah. Like a lot of her lyrics seem to be like aware that oh, tons of her relationships are going to fail because of the lifestyle that she lives just being super aware of that as a young, at a young age is almost like you know empowering for a younger audience. I feel mm-hmm. like it's it's nice to see like a, an artist come up. Like it's like even from a background of like oh I'm you know guaranteed to be a musician. Like she could have done anything with that and wrote about shitty stuff or like bad breakup songs. But you know using her platform to actually make like genuine intimate songs it seems to be. Like almost like a wave of new of new stuff, like that new trend of like like nothing nowhere and stuff. Like there's mm-hmm. new like people are really into the idea of being emotional right now. It's not just sad, you know, like how sad rappers were like a big thing like a mm-hmm. year or two ago. And now it seems to be like the new wave is very like expressive. Like people like the MGK thing becoming like emo, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. people are really into it's the new scene revival essentially, where people are like trying to be in their feels and shit, and it's. It's almost like an emo revival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it says a lot. Uh, I think I think popular music comes in waves. Uh, I think the last time we saw a major wave of it was uh, the 90s going into the 2000s. Uh, there was a period where it was just like people were done with the aggressive, dirty, griminess of grunge and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they just wanted those positive... Maroon Five songs, you know. Yeah, it's a really good point. And like uh, everything comes in waves of emotions. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, th- this is a thing I've said quite often, but I think, uh, especially like local music scenes, I think they they shift every five years. You know, uh, what what was really prosperous, doing really good at one point, five years later is almost completely gone. Like that yeah. artist needs to completely re, like get a get a new foundation or something. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon is a great example of that. You know, they're always one step ahead of the curve, I feel like. You know, they're changing. Every record is different. And yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's why they have done so well, is they're so good at not adapting. being the same. Yeah, adapting, creating things that are different, leading. Paying uh, attention. <laughs> yeah, le- leading music, you know. Making yeah. uh, making people want to write differently rather than and I've heard too a cookie lot cutter metalcore like, or something. Ollie holds that mentality that uh, Ollie that uh, Mitch Lucker kind of held of not to listen to music in your own genre, 
and like I think that helps a lot too is that they always are listening to what's popping and because they kind of seem to be ahead of the curve on all of it. Yeah, uh, remember when Suicide Silence was <clears throat> kind of you, you almost were made fun of for listening to Suicide Silence in I guess 2000 was it 2008 when the cleansing came out? They kind of had that big wave. Uh, they were playing like uh, Rockstar Mayhem Festival, and that was doing good. But I kind of remember um, the elitist like death because the death, elitist MySpace deathcore kid. Well, well, yeah, there there was a huge. Dis- Bro, this isn't Knights of the Abyss. <laughs> there was a huge dispute between death metal guys and deathcore kids because mm-hmm. death metal guys didn't listen to deathcore unless it was. Um, oh fuck! What was that one band? Uh, they had a fractured hand. Uh, like a song, or there was a yeah. The, the, the a song was a fractured hand. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I found it on like a, I think it was a. They were on Nuclear Blaster. It, it, it was Nuclear Napalm Blaster Death. Sumerian. Um, God, Despised Icon. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Despised Icon was a great transition band. band for those death metal guys because mm-hmm. you know I think the dudes in Despised Icon are probably late thirties now, so they were definitely around for that death metal wave. But, uh, yeah, they definitely were one of the, I feel like, one of the first to be like, hey, like, yeah, fast blast beats are cool and shit, but... We can get slow. (laughs) Yeah, what about a groove? Yeah. Dude, I remember the first time seeing Furtive Monologue. I, like, I I was, it was, like, post-parents divorce, and I was at my my dad's, and he was, like, born-again Christian, you know, reformed. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, no naughty stuff at their house. You know, (laughs) I went from, like, swearing and being out late to, like, Keep it down at nine. PM. Yeah, yeah. I was go to watching bed. music videos on on demand, and furtive <laughs> monologue was one of the videos, and it's a little like intense if you're if you've never seen scary things before. And I yeah. remember like looks like having to try to like look behind my back, like is somebody gonna see me watching this? Are gonna mm-hmm. think I'm the demon spawn? Yeah, I remember uh, with a CD player in the back of my car when my parents would drive me to school. Like I'd mm-hmm. have to make sure that 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 my music was super fucking quiet because obviously I don't have good noise canceling headphones it's like the dollar store right. plastic break if you step Bro, on them i had to wear the ones I, I always had until i was an adult i had the headphones that like wrapped around the back of your head oh yeah They're like the full-on like no they were never earbuds they were always <laughs> headphones yeah man yeah. Which, it's really funny to think about that like is a, is a headphone called a because it's like a fo- looks like a phone on your head. Yeah, <laughs> looks like an old analog phone stuck to your head. Man, remember uh, the dispute between iPods and Zunes for the longest period? Yeah, it's it's Xbox and fucking PlayStation. You yeah, know? that's what it was. There's yeah. always a debate between the things. I I had Zune when I was younger, but that was only because I traded like favors for to a friend for a Zune. That sounded yeah. way more <laughs> mysteriously sexual than I had to say. I had to do a couple of favors. Yeah. Had to bury a few bodies, dig a few holes. I remember getting iTunes gift cards for Christmas from that one really separated uncle or something? Or I didn't get, no, I didn't get those. I always got like weird gift cards to 
like restaurants that I never went to. <laughs> Here's a Chili's gift card. I, I would always around Christmas uh, because my family knew I was into music or I was like, I had a guitar. and Right. That makes sense. They just have like vaguest way of relating to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're the one that's into music. Here's a, I got you a silly Walmart shirt that has a guitar that's on fire on it. <laughs> yeah. It's two sizes too big because I couldn't be bothered to ask your mother what your size is. A, a cool gift that I did get from an aunt that I, I, I really enjoyed at the time, but looking back now, it's just the same fucking ACDC tabs. Uh, it was, uh, she gave me a, 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 I can't talk. She gave me a subscription to Guitar World. That's and pretty sick. I just remember kind of there just being like, man, I really want to get good gear someday. I want to, I want to sound and I want to sound good and I want to be able to play like these guys someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the only bummer with Guitar World growing up was everyone that was in it at that point was like Van Halen. Or, you know, like, I think the, the coolest thing was Avenged Sevenfold at the time because they were kind of shreddy and Guitar World was like, yeah, we're shreddy. Yeah. Yeah, let's get these young guys in there because we need to make sure that, you know, our magazine doesn't just go under someday. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this hot boy with tattoos. <laughs> Please buy our magazine. <laughs> you know what uh, magazine I've, I've really actually been kind of into recently? And they they've no. completely re- rebranded their their image. And Is I think it AP. That, no, no, fuck AP. I, <laughs> you heard yeah. it here first, folks. Yeah, no, AP can fucking eat my dick, dude. Like straight up, like that shit is so. They're just banking on my chemical romance, and and not even like there, there are hardly any other emo bands that I can think of. It's my chemical romance, Billie Eilish articles. And yeah. like uh, Melanie Martinez, uh, yeah, Melanie Martinez is another example. And and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I respect. Like, it, I get what you're saying, though. It's it's weird that like when your entire brand is just waiting for other people to make things about artists that you know you're. It's like an ex- like yeah, it's like an extension of what Hot Topic is now. It's like yeah, we're a meme store now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, and I don't know. It just it leaves. Maybe it, this is just a sign that I'm getting old and grumpy. But <laughs> it just like I remember Ooh. what Hot Topic was. That's where you went to go find Whoa, bro, the good CDs. Honestly, dude, that's how I found out about the plot. New. That's how I found out about Periphery. Literally going to Hot Topic and some dude with discolored eye contacts going, yeah, bro, this is periphery. You should check them out. <laughs> yeah, like, just, all right, I will. Just walking into Hot Topic, there's just this one dude with his, like, <laughs> stomach sticking out. And he, he's, like, talking to this, like, 13-year-old girl. And he's just like, yeah, check this shit out. He's like, tell your boyfriend about, about this. <laughs> 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 yeah, listen to this part. You hear, this yeah. She's like, wow, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what was Dude, remember uh, that i forgot about that they used to have like cd listeners in hot topic for a yeah, little while and i totally forgot about that that was the best shit they literally had a rack mm-hmm. and you'd go up and you'd you'd find the cd and you'd be like okay i'm gonna listen to this and then yeah, decide if yeah. you wanted to buy it right then and there that was the coolest shit fye used to do that too fye was where i'd I be love that yeah. shit yeah, oh, I um, I used to I, spend hours at Fye when I was younger, dude, just away same. from home, just looking and listening to CDs. Like, what, what was the first CD that kind of you you just like bought out of just just complete randomness, and it turned you on to metal or or hardcore screamo? You know, uh, my see, my being turned on to it was a little different because mm-hmm. I 
And I was at a, a party as a young person that my parents had brought me to and Bodies by Drowning Pool was on <laughs> and it was the first time I'd ever heard a scream in music and I was yeah. like, what the hell is this? And the guy whose house we were at was like, Oh, what's up, little man? You like that, huh? Okay, <laughs> shit. All right, all right, bet. And then for my for my birthday, he bought me. Uh, oh God, what's the name of the album? Uh, Death Grip on Yesterday by Atreyu. Oh, Atreyu, yeah, yeah. He yeah. bought he bought me that record, and it Fuck came with yeah. a shirt. Man, and I listened to that CD that whole summer, bro. I was like. Yeah, I was so into it, man. Mm-hmm. I I beat Halo three probably nine times to that <laughs> album. <laughs> Looking yeah. for those fucking schools. I think my uh, my first CD that I discovered on my own, just mm-hmm. like walking through Fye, like after buying ACDC Metallica records, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was. All That Remains, The Fall of Ideals. Ooh, okay. Yeah, like, I just remember grabbing that record and looking at it and instantly just being like, this looks really crisp. This looks really Mm. new, you know? This looks crisp. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, mean, the artwork for that record was so just violent. It was literally a decapitated body that was just, like, beaten to a pulp, and there was just a lot of fucking dark blue color tones happening. Is that the one with the hand dragging across the stone wall? Yeah. Yeah, that's a sick ass. That's the one with becoming the catalyst on it, isn't it? Yep, it's also got... uh, I, I think the the reason I picked it up is because I, much like many kids growing up around my time, we had Guitar uh, Guitar Hero, and Six was mm-hmm. like the heaviest song on Guitar, guitar Hero 1, aside from like those Pantera songs oh, you gotcha. could play. And it was new, and it had a different sound, a different aggression to it, it but it was also fast. So I was like, oh, I like Metallica, so I can get into this. And I just remember buying that record and... Yeah, I'd listen to six and I'd be like, yeah, fuck, I have the record. Hell yeah. Now now I can start collecting things and shit or have a collection of CDs. And then I just remember right after six, specifically, there's this song called The Weak Willed. And fuck, man, that, that was like my introduction uh, to just like heavy death core, death metal shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and from there, you know, uh, I had this uh, this neighbor across the street from me, the hardcore party guy. He was always getting into trouble with my older brother. He would bring over just these CDs he'd uh, rip from his computer from LimeWire, and it would have Slipknot. Well, you can't just had, admit to that online. <laughs> it had Slipknot. It had, like, corn on it. Slipknot. And I, I didn't even know the name of these bands at the time, but I was mm-hmm. just like... This Dude, is yeah. this is what I love. There was so much of that growing up of like bands playing or hearing my older brother play music that I was like, what the f- I don't even know what this is. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. he used to listen to Corn all the time from his room, and so I always remembered like hating Corn for a long time because my brother sucked, and I just remember hearing Corn blasting <laughs> when he was like alone in our bedroom and just keep on and Yeah, yeah. I think the first Corn song that I heard was probably Twisted Transistor. Okay, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's pretty hype. Yeah, I just I well, God, what was it? The album with the like weird. It's like white with the weird like bird thing on this. It's like side profile bird. Really old one. I think it has oh, yeah. coming undone on it. And that uh, weird uh, the music video where they were like in a rodeo. Yeah. Remember that one? I don't yeah, know what song yeah. that is. Uh, one maybe the, that's definitely not coming undone. Yeah, that that was the record I remember seeing and being like, okay. It, it was kind of like how AFI had the rabbits, you mm-hmm. know, and like I just attributed Definitely. that like circle of rabbits to that band, like uh, the 
the artwork was just so sick that I could, it was forever ingrained in my head. That's how I viewed that corn record. Yeah, literally today I was just listening to Korn's 1999 uh, record, the the just kind of heavy, like very early new metal. Is that the one with like Liar and stuff? And uh, Twist? Yeah, yeah. The OG? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just really just grimy nasty, but they still had uh, really weird ambient Corn esque leads yeah. happening, you know, a lot of chorus. Cornus? <laughs> Cornus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they've always had those weird things, you know. Uh, one thing with the Follow the Leader record that I just really fucking loved was the fact that they brought in, um, if you listen to that whole thing all the way through, there's. There's some, a little dead boy in the back. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's like uh, features from just. Uh, rappers in the local scene there, you know, and they're just, they're totally owning the fact that, yeah, there's this groove happening around their music and it would 100% be so fitting to just bring in a good friend that just is on his own pursuit of music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking, I loved that about the follow the leader record that, and uh, they were really just doing their own thing with the whole like anime-esque music videos and shit like that they had that artwork you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of like freak on a leash yeah yeah like uh it kind of reminded me of what the gorillas were doing a little bit okay yeah Yeah. i can see that yeah super cool definitely a nice little gem of the time i think that definitely helped make them stand out too as individuals like as a band you know like their sound for sure was different but there was also a big increase of that sound at the time but i think their music videos really like when you think of corn i feel like you can't help but think of at least one music video by them oh yeah like when you think of freak on a leash you probably think of the fucking holes in the barn you know oh yeah yeah the slow motion shots and stuff yeah i, I fucking loved those rooms that they would just make for music videos back then oh yeah another good one going back to atreyu i loved the crimson uh music video Oh, it was so cool. I don't even think I know that one. Uh, I honestly don't know really too many Atreyu music videos now that I think about it. Oh, really? I can't think of too many off the top of my head. Well, uh, All I can cr- remember is homie's fucking blood splattered guitar. The, 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 <laughs> the, yeah, that fucking signature. Uh, <laughs> what was it? In? Yeah, it was like a sharp fin explorer. It, yeah, I remember wanting that so bad at one point. <laughs> I wanted and, it. I didn't even play guitar. I was yeah, like, that shit's sick. That and Lamb of God's... Uh, Mark Morton's camouflage Les Paul uh, with ESP. I was mm-hmm. just like, damn, I want to be an ESP artist so bad someday. And it's kind of funny now because like, yeah, ESP is still like top the line. I feel like as like a big guitar company in America, but I feel like a lot of people just aren't really fucking with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, there, there was this short wave for a second where pe- everyone was like, Oh, I want to be a Kiesel artist. You know, I'm right. a, I want, I want that custom, uh, designed body I want and shit. That custom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I, it is I, interesting how they're like, it, regardless of what you're into, there's like passing and fading trends of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guitars even have like popularity waves. You know, like we had the headless guitar craze. Oh, yeah. yep. Like right after the keys, like or even around it, really. It was like right when, like honestly, I, I hate to use this as like a frame reference, but when Justin Lowe died. Like that was really like a oh, yeah. peak of headless guitar era. 
Like it's almost like you can almost like mark that in time as like the moment the headless guitars became gigantic. Yeah, R.I.P. Justin. That that yeah, was like true. a that was a hard like a hard thing for the progressive like gent community to to like just take, you know. Especially uh, the circumstances of how it happened. It was mad sad. Yeah, it, I, I think it was really especially for the gent community. I guess you could say <laughs> it sounds weird saying that, but I think. It, Do you think anyone proudly like? I'm part of the gen community. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's one of those things uh, you never want to say as like uh, a professional artist. Like, yeah, we're a we're a, we're a gen. Band. All right, right now, raise your hand if you like gent on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Belco experiment. They're like, all right, we're gonna figure out. We gotta kill sixty people in the next hour. Everyone, raise your hand yeah. if you like gent on Facebook. <laughs> oh, you're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but but yeah, like I I remember when he died. You know, it it was that wake up call for that specific community. You know, uh, mental illness is just it, it comes in all shapes and all waves. And I, I think unfortunately with that circumstance, like I I, I don't one hundred percent remember like what went down. But I just I, I think I remember reading an article saying he ended up leaving on his own terms going into the woods or something like that and but, he he ended up like getting hurt or something and i think well he, he it was like the lead up to it he made like this crazy long post about how like the government was like out to get him and stuff fuck, and he yeah. he was clearly having like a mental lapse and he mm -hmm. was like freaking out at his like band members and stuff about like them not believing in him and him like saying that everyone was like out to get him and the, the government was like infected his loved ones and stuff and that the people around him couldn't he couldn't trust and then yeah he he disappeared for a couple of days and then his his vehicle was found at a park uh, abandoned and they didn't find his body for like a little bit and then they found his body at the bottom of the the bridge he had like presumably jumped off Man. on his own accord. Um, trying to get away from whatever he thought he was trying to get away from. Dude, yeah, that, that, yeah. There's, there's that. There's got to be that tiny bit of you though, that like, as a friend of his. Not, I'm not saying me or anything, but like somebody who is a friend of his. Like, like what a weird thing, right? Yeah. To like, I'm sure there's somebody that has that in the back of their head. Like, dude, what if? Like, what if homie was running from something? Like, what a weird <laughs> set of circumstances, you know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy just because there's so much left. You, you just want to you you want to think of like all the the crazy stuff that probably could happen, mm -hmm. you know. But I think unfortunately with all the information that the public just has over something like that, it's just like, man, this. Uh, not to say that he did have it, but like this this just might have been him. Because I, I think he was like what twenty six, right? He was pretty young. Yeah, maybe even younger than that. Perfect time for schizophrenia to start. Starting right. up, and that's that's a great example. Just hyper paranoia of, especially like the government, like trying Dude, to yeah, it's, it's take you down really or sad. something. That's a good point. Dude, my fucking grandma's gardener, bro, is. I don't even know how he's able to work. Like it just really shows our just how little we really take care of people that are mentally ill. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's got like gnarly case of schizophrenia, like to the point that he like cannot function as like a normal person. Yeah. He literally like says that people shoot lasers at him to try and like weaken his immune system. And yeah. he says yeah. that he likes certain people. He won't garden for my grandma if certain people are over because he's like, no, 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 that one's a spy. I can't, I can't be around with that one's around. They shoot lasers at me when you're not looking. Whoa. Like it's and my grandma's just like, yeah, yeah I mean, he's harmless. So, you know, we, mm -hmm. which is cool. I mean, you know, give him work and stuff. Like I'm glad he's able to do that, but it's crazy that, 
like we have nothing in place, you know, yeah. for, for people that are just living life day to day suffering like that. That just like how stressful to like genuinely believe people are shooting lasers at you to like weaken your immune system to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like how fucked up to have to live with that. Yeah, and uh, and on top of that, you know, in for for a lot of these people, it's like they don't have they're not making a shit ton of money, mm-hmm. so there's always that stress uh, of just making sure that they can pay their bills. So they they need to work still. Uh, they're they're doing six in some cases seven days a week, multiple jobs. You know, right. yeah, and, and you know, like looking back on like some of the shit that like I've gone through, you know, like I I just feel so fucking thankful that like I've got good friends like you, you know, to, to just get me through like those hard times, you know, like when I was really, really struggling, mm-hmm. you know, just sleeping on the garage floor and shit. And, you know, like I, I still fucking am, but like, I've got a, a, a better fucking perspective about life. I'm, I'm pumped up again, but I just remember, you know, just getting down to that point just where, you know, not being here 100% just felt like, okay, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I just remember a good friend like you just always checking up on me, you know, uh, making sure that I'm getting out, I'm drinking water or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, uh, Hell yeah. yeah, it's, uh, I, goes I, I'm way. just so, I'm just so lucky, you know, yeah. because I know a, a lot of fucking people don't have that support system. Yeah. That, that, and they just worse situations, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was fortunate enough to have you as a friend that, you know, welcomed me back with, with arms wide open. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, man, like a lot of people just, they go right back to their car and they live there for six months or in some <laughs> cases, you know, like the, they don't have the money to pay, yeah. you know, their, their yeah. monthly car. A lot of people aren't emotionally self-aware, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to, it's hard to make progress and change in your life when you're constantly blaming the world or not understanding why yeah. you're, the things are happening to you, you know, like, and I, I think that's what was mad important for this, our situation, you know, was really like laying down the ground of, of what, what even is the point of life, you know, like yeah. giving your own perspective, like your own definition to what it means to you, defining your own worth and just pumping the brakes for a second and being like, yo, let me fucking appreciate the small things in life, the little things I have that... You know, it could be worse. I could have, yeah. I could have been born with no legs. You know, I could have been mm-hmm. born and I could have died at birth. You know, I could have been yeah. hit by a car when I was born. I could have been born into a tribe that cuts off my fucking clitoris when I was yeah. born. Like things could be crazy, crazy bad. You know, and it's it's almost like a an obligation at a certain point to try and make at least one person's life better while we're here because of how much misery exists. Yeah. Yeah. I had this comparison that I was thinking about for a while in terms of why the brain might just turn, turn, turn against you, you know? And I I attributed that to something I I went through as a kid. You know, I had uh, this blood disorder where my white blood cells would just just regularly fuck up my red blood cells, you know? And because of that, <laughs> I had a, yeah, yeah, because of that, I had just this, this weak body. body, you know? I was bruising all the time and uh, I wasn't allowed to play sports because if I got roughed up, I would internally you'd bleed. Be, you'd be the liable kid. Yeah, and that, you know, there, there was nothing, you know, I, I, I was probably not the healthiest fucking kid because I grew up on Kraft macaroni and cheese, <laughs> you know? But that's just what, 
you're, you know, that you got to right, do yeah, what yeah. you can. Package hot dogs and spaghetti on Fridays. I get yeah, it. other kids were fine. Other kids were playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, but, their bones weren't brittle. But, but yeah, uh, the comparison is, you know, this is a disease and uh, it exists. And, you know, fortunately for me, it, it kind of went, yeah, it's gone. Like, I'm, I'm fine now. My body's healthy. But I, I just kind of view mental health sometimes that way. It's like, yeah, sometimes the body is just going to do what it does. And within that, you know, you're either going to get through it or you're going to not, you know, you know, surround yourself with not the best medicine or best surroundings. Yeah. It's the whole misery loves company thing. It's it's very easy to just never grow as an individual and just continue to perpetuate the misery Mm -hmm. by surrounding yourself with it. And then once you've, you've got a gaggle of people that, don't have any perspective to offer and then it's just a cycle you know and then you're just stuck in a loop of you work and then you drink and then you vent to to no avail and then repeat the cycle and you know a lot of i think it's very important to to have that moment of clarity to be like what am i doing (laughs) what what is i should be doing something i actually care about Mm -hmm. you know instead of like why is partying the thing that brings me joy or you know i get it like i get the relief of it but I also think that it's a it's a you know distraction for a lot of people. It's the whole bread and circus of of reality is that we have things like alcohol to numb the reality that we're all just working till we die. Oh, <laughs> essentially, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's such a it's such a weird thing to me too that how normalized alcohol is and how <clears throat> like heavily our parents our ages and up, you know, drink or did drink. Mm -hmm. And then like even the opioids and shit too, like all the, all these things that numb you as an individual. Um, and now there's like this new age of like psychedelics and stuff and like self, you know, proclamation and, and like accountability that's being brought up because it's like, we're, Mm -hmm. we're all seeing it now. We're all like with the internet being a thing, we're able to all realize that we've all been stuffing down our feelings and shit and being distracted by, bells and whistles while we were all just like, wait, we're all fucking mad unhappy. What are we doing? We, we keep like pressuring each other yeah. into like, oh, do the white picket, picket fence life, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, like how many times have you gone to a family get together? Oh, you got a girlfriend. How's your job doing? Yeah. You finish school. It's just like, do you even fucking care? What do you, yeah. you, just, you just spit these off to me every time I see you, grandma. Like, what are we doing right now? What is, is this life to you? You just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. repeat the same shit over and over again until you die like and you just sit on a lump like a bunch of money like what is the point you know unless you define your own values and like perspective out of life I feel like you just get caught in this sad fucking circle I think uh, an interesting thing in that vein is how coming both coming. of come no. <laughs> both, <laughs> <derailed me. laughs> both of us uh, you know we came from nowhere towns uh the the people that surrounded us, they they don't. It's not that they don't want to see you succeed, but they want to see that your life is falling into their idea of what yeah. misery loves company. The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's very interesting though because it's, yeah, it's like it's what the, they, they what they what what they want is like they want to travel. They want to see the world. They mm-hmm. want to have a different story, invent something, or but they had us. 
<laughs> so yeah, they can't and, let us do those things yeah. because it's not fair to them because yeah. they didn't get to, right? I think that <laughs> that's one of the biggest detriments to some of these just amazing local bands that you see just, you know, in this weird town that you got booked or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, just killer fucking band, but they're still just stuck in that that way of life where it's just like, yeah, you're a great musician. You can go far. You could probably get a really good team behind you, put out like a banger record and completely 180 your life for the better and in turn, you know, take care of your family, you know? But uh, I think what ends up happening is that uh, once the show is over or something, you're like, all right, well, I got to work at 6 a.m. the next day. Yeah, and, and then you immediately forget about all the yeah, fun stuff that it, the show just brought you. It's happened to me. It's happened to... It happens to everyone. Everyone, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get... That's where, why the solo artist thing works super well mm-hmm. <laughs> for most people, you know? It's hard to get five dudes to all have that same mentality mm-hmm. of separating like, okay, work shouldn't be the thing. You know, th- work is just there for you to fund your passions. Not, yeah. you know, you, sh- you shouldn't be living to work. <laughs> I think that's a, a big wake up call from the, this pandemic that's been going on is just a lot of people for the first time in their life are really reconsidering what they want, mm-hmm. you know, what they, what their original plan I, yeah. was. I think that's why they're so fearful is that yeah. like they're, be, it's like, you know, death's at their door and they're like, yeah. they're like, Hey, time's up. You didn't do any of that shit you wanted to do. And they're like, Oh my God, no, 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 I can't. Mm-hmm. I have to survive. And then they panic by all the shit and yeah. ruin it for everybody else, you know, and make any issues with that. Or on the ends of like, well, the virus is here, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like I'm still going to that party. Like, yeah. You know, that type of attitude that really is like bringing mortality to people's doorstep, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's crazy to see that it's become an epidemic because of that. Cause it just really shows that man, nobody was really prepared to die. Huh? Yeah. Like none of y'all have even given this a <laughs> lick of thought. It's crazy. <laughs> man, this it's is what so I was, nuts, this is man. what kept me up when I was eight years old. Dog. <laughs> y'all late <laughs> to the party, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I've been coping since I was two. <laughs> I came out my mom and I said, why? <laughs> Where does it stop? Yeah. I, I think now more than ever, I just, I've really realized that, money just comes and goes in life. I've always kind of had this mindset. Bezos and it just comes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just there. Yeah, I don't know. Just I'm prepared. Right. You, you can you can rebuild and restart always. Like my my dad's 50 and a half, you know, because yeah. I, I 50 and a half, like I'm seven. Uh and he <laughs> he restarted his whole life at like 49, yeah. you know, years old. Like where like completely like zero like failed company bankrupt mm-hmm. divorced like you know I should probably just kill myself like they're right on that doorstep and now he's doing like ten times better than he ever did when I was growing up like it's it's wild to see you know he owns his own business and stuff and has like a family and shit and owns his own house now like to go from failing drug addict to <laughs> this yeah. dude at you know over fifty is really a testament to like, yeah. oh, just because I had some fuck-ups in life doesn't mean my life is ruined. Like, I've made some bad choices for sure, and I had some debts and stuff on my end, but it doesn't mean that, like, at the end of the day, those are just numbers, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I could die, and that, that number would still be there. Like, it, 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 it shouldn't change how I feel about everything. Just deal with it, you know? It's like yeah. the, the whole uh, Rafiki thing of, like, bop you on the head. Like, why are you still mad? It, it already happened. You know, just deal with it and move on, and cope with it and grieve over it properly and then learn from it and then move on because you being upset won't fix the problem, you know? Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Yeah. That's uh... a, yeah. Yeah. It's a good analogy I like to give is like, 
if I started my day before work and my flat, I had a flat tire, you know, I walked out and I had a flat tire, regardless if I'm pissed or not, that tire's still flat. So I should probably just not waste my time being mad and just deal with the flat tire. Oh, yeah. It may yeah. more so make it be like, oh, man, you got me today, universe, you son of a bitch. <laughs> just make it a joke, you know? Just like, hey, it, this shit happened. Yeah. Oops. <clears throat> Gotta deal with it. Like, me being f- fucking frustrated and freaking out is only gonna hurt me in the long run. It's only just gonna make this harder for me to deal with. Mm-hmm. Build up some anxiety about it that isn't necessary. I think that I think that can even you know be helpful to the mentality of releasing art too. Just like so many people fall into this pit of like never releasing anything because they're like, oh, it could always be better. It could always be better instead of just being okay with the okay. This doesn't have to be my magnum opus. You know, maybe yeah. maybe I should just put out content so that I can feel good about something that I made mm-hmm. and so I can track my 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 record you know my progress like if i'm constantly working on my craft and never putting it out there why am i even working on my craft you know i'm just like gonna become a god and then die with all of this infinite wisdom like if you're not sharing your art with the world what's the like i don't know i mean i guess that's not the point of art for everybody but for me the whole point of making art was that it helped me so much when i was younger that I wanted to like do that for somebody else. I wanted to be that pillar yeah. of like enlightenment or that pillar of inspiration to, you know, like be like, Oh, so somebody went through is, is going through or went through something I went through and is okay because of it. You know, something cool that I've heard about, uh, about art and music. The second you put it out, like when you're making it, yeah, this, uh, this record is your record. It's your baby. But the second you put that out there for the, for the masses, it's no longer yours, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's for the public. Right. It, it's, uh, it's whatever people want, want it to be for themselves. You know, it's a part of history now, essentially. And yeah, there's a lot of records that never will get that recognition, but I mean, uh, every, every recognition, <laughs> recognition, every once in a blue moon, it's just like someone so- somewhere, some nobody just does something. And it's just picked up by the right person and boom. Yeah. You got fucking Nirvana. You got, <laughs> you know. Fucking Post Malone. Yeah. Post Malone's a great example of that. Even uh, Post Malone even said one time, like when I was, was talking to him, he said that when he was doing the Wyatt Iverson video, he literally moved out to California and like <laughs> saved up for like a long time had five thousand dollars in his pocket and used all of it for that music video for white iverson he he literally moved there with like just just money for a music video and crashed on homies couches like to record and film it and spent like two months in la filming that shit and putting it out there and it blew up like in a month where like bieber hit him up and was like wanting to work with him yeah and stuff and like just (laughs) took a fucking you know a swing on life like and not to say that that's going to work for everybody but the fact that you know the homie's number one artist in the world for like two years strong yeah and uh, literally with just a whimsical dream of like you know i've been working on my craft i saved up 5k and i'm just going to put it all into this one sick thing Mm -hmm. and let's just see what happens and if he had just always been like well it could have been sicker you know it could have been better he would have never done that shit, and he would have never blown up. Yeah, homie was in the right place at the right time, you know? Yeah, sometimes it just takes that push to just, just put it out, man. Just put it out. 
You know, it's, it, what's the worst that's going to happen is that you're going to be like, oh, I could have done it better. Write a new song. Yeah. You know, if you really and, feel that way. And even if he did fail, you know, like the the learning curve where he would go in his own life, mm-hmm. whether it be more difficult. Yeah, well, plus or, he'd probably feel good too. I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many fucking actor speeches start with. I failed so many times before I got here. You know, it was just, yeah. It, in that, and I'm so happy I did because if I didn't, I wouldn't even understand why I'm here or what the, like, how hard it was to get here because of how many times I, I fucked up and failed. You know, it's really important sometimes to fail. Yeah. Come and, out of it stronger instead of just being defeated by it. Yeah. In, in that vein, it's like, uh, <laughs> what if Suicide Silence didn't put out that Teehee record, you know, like, <laughs> what, what would have happened to their sound? Because like I, I, I see their new their newish record kind of floating around. Like people are starting to re- regain that respect for them again. You know, like mm-hmm. it's always going to be the Mitch Lucker band, but uh, it comes down to it. People are starting to give them that that second chance. You know, yeah, definitely a, a little bit. It still feels like the hit they took is you know immeasurable in terms of damage. Yeah. Uh, I, I think like so many people nowadays, their opinions, like with this whole cancel culture thing, are that people's opinions are black and white. You know, I, I, there's a big issue with that in this modern age, where because of how people can be canceled, I think there's this fear that if you're not on the right side, you will also be canceled, and so people very vigorously and adamantly jump to very staunch conclusions on things. Mm-hmm. Fuck, what, were, what band were we just talking about? Suicide Silence. That's right. Um, and with the Teehee thing, sure, the sing yes, the singing was a bad choice. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. The record itself was not that bad overall. It was, it was their retribution to Whitechapel putting out Mark of the Blade. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it was their rebuttal to like, okay, we're a deathcore band and everyone right now that is deathcore is trying to evolve into like a little bit more of like some sort of singing or like that, you know, that radio dad rock and roll, like Funky Monkey 1049 <laughs> type shit. Yeah. And that was their attempt at it and it just didn't, it didn't land. And I think that it's so unfair the way that we treat Failed records. Like, if we didn't like it as a crowd, like, we bully the fuck out of it. Like, it happens so often yeah. where we try to destroy artists for taking chances on things. Well, and it, not it, that we, like... Because the Teehee meme was innocent in my eyes. Yeah. Because it was bad. I think that chorus was not good. Mm-hmm. And it deserved the criticism it got. But I think the fact that people were like, I can't even respect this band. Like, I'm not even going to listen to them anymore over that. I yeah, think that it, that really damaged them. Like, the fact that it became, like, embarrassing to listen to Suicide Silence. Yeah. And it, they haven't made the recovery. Like, their new shit is definitely better but it's not they're still making money mainly from those mitch records i think they have a really big uh, mexico audience as well yeah like mexico's deathcore scene of like younger kids is just always prevalent i don't know what that is but ever since i've been a musician mexico has had the strongest like 14 to 18 year old kids that fuck with deathcore like it's yeah mexico straight up loves deathcore Mm -hmm. like uh Release the Kraken, still killing it. That band is like as Blood Runs Black old, and they are still killing it. And they're from Mexico. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, man, they just love it. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, I think that's just uh, people in, in that culture just really, really wanting that American culture. You know, it's the same thing with like the Beatles. 
uh, in the British invasion on on the United States. You know, <laughs> <laughs> can we stop the sentence there? You're like that's the quote. <laughs> Mexico liking deathcore is just like the invasion. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the Beatles. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, go for it though. But uh, but yeah, like. I, I, I think it comes down to, to that. It's just these kids are much more excited than the American audience about mm-hmm. our culture, you know? And I think the, like, we're spoiled as a culture with our, like, you know, obviously not right now <laughs> because of the virus, but with how much shows we get and how big concerts were and are that they don't happen as much in places like Mexico, you know, especially for that type of music. It's usually like really big artists Mm -hmm. uh, at really big venues. You know, it's never like, like Mazda flames is going to Mexico. (laughs) So, but but even then, like when, um, when their label can afford to get them like a a host or something or a guy to like take them through Mexico or something like that, the shows are just completely different, Mm -hmm. different energy, uh, there's people lined up for meet and greets. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, it's so much, it's so meaningful for them, dude. You know who goes hard or what scene? Who? The fucking Japan music scene. Oh yeah, bro, they go off. They are the most like committed like fans of music. I swear. Uh, another one, Germany. They are the festival kings. Oh yeah, Germany. They they don't even. It's like they don't even do regular club shows. It's just yeah. If you're from <laughs> America, crazy can we get? we'll pay you whatever you want. It's just this giant festival. Everyone there is just going to be fucked up, and they just want to listen to your band. Dude, I, Amsterdam has mushrooms in dispensaries. What? Isn't that crazy? <sighs> Amsterdam Man. literally has psychedelic mushrooms just in like little kiosks. I can't imagine what that dispensaries. what that uh I guess bartender would be, <laughs> be like. Yeah, so like are these shrooms like more of like a heady shroom or like, yeah. a, like, a, like a body <laughs> kind of trip? Yeah. <laughs> like just the fact of thinking that you can sell shrooms and then somebody can walk outside and take that <laughs> and yeah. just be like, whoa, buddy. <sighs> yeah. Man. That's wild. <laughs> if it yeah, if it's already to I mean Amsterdam to be fair is an anomaly as far as like just being okay with everything, but the fact that it is it exists is already it's like well, okay how far away are we from that Yeah, it's kind of like the, the be other close. Las Vegas essentially you know Yeah, come here and spend your money and shit in the street <laughs> shit in the street <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, that's Aberdeen's <laughs> fucking logo Yeah, I, I remember come here and shit in the street. I remember the last time we were on tour and we were passing through Vegas. Uh, we were trying to enjoy the city. <laughs> trying to as poor as we were <laughs> enjoy the city for real just oh, the Starbucks is $12 yeah I guess that was the, the biggest Star- fail I remember spending like fucking $20 on a slush like a spiked slushy at oh, I didn't Taco even drink Bell when we were in Vegas Cantina or whatever just fancy not even place. trying to do that yeah I was like man this was this was not worth it <laughs> I'll just go to 7-Eleven and White Castle for the first vodka. time in Vegas that was kind of cool yeah, yeah. I sat down at a penny slot machine and it had money left in it, and that was the first and only time I've ever gambled. Yeah, I won like five dollars on on the machine, and then just spent it all because I was like, I don't want to cash this. It's like seven in the morning. What was that? <laughs> what was the name of the venue that we played? I know it was like a church. In Vegas? Thing. Yeah. Oh what, yeah. Wait, was it? Wasn't it called the church? Or something? It did. It's the church, but it's spelled with an X in it. Yeah. Uh, it was like the C H. Like URX. <laughs> Man, that show was so. I felt so bad for our fans. <laughs> Remember the, there's like. There, okay, but there was this little. Like. 
<laughs> it was like an Asian woman yeah, meeting I next door. And she was like, <laughs> I don't know like if she was hitting, hitting on Zach, man. Yeah, they were hitting on Zach. <laughs> <laughs> One of his meats, man. Yeah. They were. <laughs> fuck. It was so funny because I went in that room after Zach did, and they wanted nothing to do with my gargantuan ass. They, just, they thought I was Godzilla to them. Yeah. And that room was so small. Mm-hmm. Like, I genuinely can't imagine how uncomfortable Zach was. Because when I went in there to get the other table, there was no joke for elderly Asian women, like, like cuddled in a corner and like gossiping. It yeah. was the funniest thing. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I remember that that particular show was so fucking just shot. I, I remember yeah. even having a hard time getting in the green room. Like I remember our, our promoter. Oh yeah. yeah he that like sucked. stopped me. He was like, hey, you can't go in there. <laughs> just remember. Dude, and then we like, went in there and there was a bunch of produce. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a yeah, ton of produce, produce that they had to like move out as yeah. we were back there. Yeah. It was like a restaurant thing, but also a church, but sometimes yeah, also the promoter a, would a pay to lounge. use it as a venue. <laughs> Apparently yeah. it was everything. Yeah. Vegas is just weird like that. Gotta say though, dude, uh, I went to, did you, was it you and I, I went there with somebody. Oh no, it was no, Zesty. For- it was Zesty the other time. We oh, went to okay. a vegan spot. At yeah, no, we restaurant. went to, we, we took, uh, our, our tour manager, Justin. Oh, it was the three of us. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we yeah. went to this uh, vegan this, spot. It was it, like Lotus Cafe or something. No, it was it was called No Fur, and it no was fur. a sexy kind of like place to get food. But late at night, it turned into kind of just this uh, flirty place to just meet up with other flirty. Like, yeah, well, I don't remember it, being flirty. I just well, remember having good food. Yeah, well, it was it was good food. I remember getting like a vegan cheesesteak or something like that, yeah. and, and talking to our our waitress about like the place oh, because we were, the yeah, yeah, we, we were there at like uh, 1 p.m. because we got to the venue early and we were just trying to get some up, healthy like, a, food. a cool vegan place or yeah, something like that all of our other friends on tour only eat fast food yeah <laughs> so we were trying not to do that yeah yeah but uh, I, I remember her just saying that yeah when it gets late uh it turns into a party here <laughs> i was just like damn around here at night <laughs> Bro, did <laughs> I wish more than anything you guys were with us in New Jersey for the American Safari Tour because that was straight up a bit from 30 Days of Night. Like, <laughs> wait, how? So after the show was over, we played in like the back of a bar. So like the, the bar's there and there's a door and you go back and there's like a little venue back there and then the door closes and you can't even tell that there's a little venue in the back. Like Lavoyer kind of, but with a door. Okay. Um, and like as soon as we finished playing and we were unloading, you know, loading out to the van, uh, it was like eleven, like thirty when we started. And the venue owner was like, "So you guys planning to get out of here soon?" And we're like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're like loading out right now." And he's like, mm, "Good <laughs> things kind of change around here after midnight." Oh my god! And we're like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean?" He's the like, "Sun sets and never wow. comes back up." <laughs> He's like, let's just say the local scene gets a little crazy around here after midnight. He's like, what are you, what are you fucking implying, dude? Are this you going so to rob us? us? Yeah, are yeah. you going to rob us? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And he, basically, by the end of it, what he implied was that he has a deal with local gangs that they can't fuck with his bands until after midnight, and then it's free game. Whoa! Because they're like. 
like I guess there was a rampant problem where like band members were just getting robbed outside there and they were losing business. And so he came up with like, all right, how about this? If I come up with a rule where like I get them out of here, but if they stay, then they're free game. And they're like, all right, cool. So apparently there was just some fucking like gang waiting for the midnight to strike (laughs) to come take our shit. That is nuts, man. Bro, I walked, I was trying to unload merch or I keep saying unload, but I was trying to load out merch down these stairs. And this drunk chick was on the phone and she stumbled in front of me as I was pushing the stuff and I hard stopped and was like, oh fuck, I can't believe I almost hit her. And then, but I didn't, she, I caught it and she still got mad at me. It was like, yo, what the fuck, were you trying to hit me? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was deliberately trying to ram into you with four totes of merch. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to you do. You got me, you got me. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> yes, hello. Uh, also, I'm in a band. Would you like to check us out? <laughs> Here's yes, I'm the guy with the trolley that tried to murder you. <laughs> like driving the van, like, hey, you want a sticker? We'll pull over. <laughs> dude, that is the worst. <laughs> Going to a gas station and there's the one dude there that's like, got, for sure has an A Day to Remember shirt under his fucking <laughs> Tesco yeah. Yeah. costume. His yeah. costume is <laughs> his uniform. I remember, uh, I think we were... We were in Wyoming or something. Of course we and, were. And uh, we we pulled oh, off. We yeah, were so fucking that. tired. Was that we were in that Walmart parking lot. It was um. It was like a. I forget the gas station exactly, but it was like a all American like super gas station or something like that. Like yeah, everyone stops there. It's like Bucky's in Texas or something. And um, I remember going in there to take a shower or something. We were kind of taking a little longer than usual, not just like getting drinks or you know protein bars or something it was uh yeah i remember seeing this one kid this uh he was he was so fucking stereotypical like fat ginger kid and uh i got out of the shower and he was listening to the rings of saturn on his cell phone like just (laughs) blasting it and i i remember just being like okay so this this is one of the one of the one in a hundred people that in Wyoming that listen to anything that's kind of heavy. So I kind of gave him like the, the like acknowledgement, like, Oh, Hey, like, hell yeah, man. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I respect that. And he instantly kind of got the vibe. Like he was just like, wait, there's a van outside. Like maybe I should like ask, ask these people who they are. And I remember he found out, he found out that, uh, it was your band. Like, uh, just by like kind of watching me walk out and like say something to you. And he was just like, Hey, Hey, is, hey, is Austin in there? And <laughs> I, I just remember like, Oh my God. Yeah, wait, oh my God. Yes. I, I remember pulling Whoa. you out. I was just like, Hey Austin, he, he, he found out like <laughs> he he's, he's right here in front of the van. <laughs> you gotta wake up. Trying really hard not to tell him. You got, he found out who tried really hard just, not to let him know. Just like poking your chest. Like, Hey, wake up. <laughs> There's someone here. You got it. So funny. Get in character, bitch. (laughs) It's it's honestly awesome though. They just like put it together. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Just gonna take a shot in the dark here. Yeah. You have an Austin Dickey. (laughs) I do remember that he was actually like talking about wanting to go, but it was like clearly way too far. Oh yeah, no. I think it was like uh, over an hour away. I think for him. I think it. It was longer than that because we were playing. He was, was a good sport. Was it Rock Springs or something like that? I, I do remember he was a little aggressive. Yeah, but I also think genders, that man. Um, it might have just been like a social spectrum thing, which is, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes. Yeah, when uh, they don't have like the social cues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, he was he was nice. Yeah, he he was nice. He was, little, I just love that like but... random gas station in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Just like, hey, I watched your YouTube videos. You're like, what? Yeah, I remember. How? I remember when we were going through Texas. We hit this one gas station. We in hit particular. this one kid and told no one about it. <laughs> no, just uh, I remember walking in and instantly the gas station clerk knew who me and Zach were, and I was just like, whoa, this is. <laughs> he was like. Instantly, like I'm not working anymore. Like we're taking a picture. <laughs> oh, dude. Re- remember the uh, that one gas station we went to? That the dude was just stoked that he bumped into a band. Oh yeah, and he took a picture with all of us outside. Mm-hmm. He like invited. He was like, "Oh, can I get a picture with the whole band, please?" <laughs> yeah. and, and in that uh, in that vein, it's just kind of like the whole, the whole time you're taking the picture, it's like, wait, does this guy like? know who we are <laughs> he's just excited that he did not know who we are I, <laughs> okay, okay confirmation on that because he didn't end up tagging us later because he probably forgot our band name <laughs> yeah because he kept asking it he's what was the name again for the likes all right cool i'm gonna tag you guys and we never got tagged <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all good but like it's 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 wholesome when you meet people like that they're just excited to to see a van of people come out and just like there's fucking laminates so they're just like oh this is an important person like oh uh, yeah i should probably right. my, like, my my niece might know who they are like someone who has like one really good concert experience yeah and they just get stoked like whoa a real life band i went to 2000 2008 Ozfest and like man anthrax was playing and like you guys got guitars and like that's that's fucking cool bro it's honestly so funny seeing the difference of People that really like music and just think that when you're in a band, it's crazy that they're talking to you versus like your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just like make fun of you. <laughs> Man, I, I always, uh, I always thought it was funny that, uh, you, you always got like the, the young kid fans like coming to you, but I always got the kids as parents. <laughs> they're like, you're like, guitar, huh? Yeah. The supportive father that brought his like daughter to the show. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he used to play guitar in the back of the day. Yeah, he's just like, man, that's like a pretty cool looking amp you got there. Like, I play guitar, you know. Like, that's my little, that's my daughter over there. <laughs> just, just like, <laughs> there's always a funny thing too with uh, to parents that gear. parents that bring kids. That they're, they're always, they're always almost like, yeah, I'm doing you a favor, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always get that vibe from parents that bring younger kids. They always are like. You know, I, mean, I like my kid watches your videos. We kind of like pay your bills. <laughs> you owe me. <laughs> I get that vibe me. way more than I'd like to admit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want, dude? I'll do anything. Just don't be weird about this. Yeah. <laughs> I will do whatever you want. <laughs> you can have my food. I'm such a pushover. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, man. Call me a name. I'll just make a joke. I don't care. <laughs> Remember uh New Mexico venue the theater the theater in New Mexico it was the one with the, the breaking oh, bad the the scene, haunted the chicken place man. yeah <laughs> I yeah that's why I brought it up too because I always thought that shit was so funny everyone freaked the fuck out about the little ghost boy in the well, the it, door. well it was shit was so funny to be fair the way it was described to me was very very sinister Dude, very I went creepy. up there by myself in the attic and was like you went up there by yourself yeah I went up there by myself trying to, and trying I, to I, I took his toy car boy? I took his toy car oh, I put yeah. it up on the thing and I was like yo let's play boy 
uh, let's play with play with your car. And <laughs> I told him I was like, come on, I set it up for you. Play with your fucking car. I was like rude at. Uh, I was really nice at first, mm-hmm. and he wasn't doing it. So I took the car. I was like, bro, if you don't play with this car, I'm gonna throw it. I threw his fucking car. I started scuffing his stuff. Like I was like, come on, I, dude. I was. I wanted a ghost so bad. Uh, okay, so so I got I got a thing. Like he, nothing happened, by the way. So so this kid <laughs> supposedly died in like a. The, the whole building like caught on scared fire. Him. <laughs> so so my question is if this is the kid's toy, yeah. how did the toy not burn up in the fire? <laughs> like, I, no, I think it was one of those things where like somebody just, else brought someone's like, Oh here here you go, little ghost boy. Here's a here's a toy. I mean I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if a hot wheel survived a fire. Like if it fell under so it was under something. Yeah, but this <clears> is like this is a long time ago. It's like wood everything's like made out of wood. So if not the Hot Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> the hot Wheels have just been making metal titanium cars. Hot Wheels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I because I remember the first year we went there, uh, and they did the light thing, and I was like, okay, that's not really compelling because yeah. you guys are asking it a question, and it's inconsistently like within 10 seconds turning off. I think it's just a faulty light guys. And then we went back and I was like, dude, fuck this. I'm going to try. And that's when I did the, the ghost boy thing. Mm -hmm. I remember that balcony being wicked creepy though. I, I loved looking up at the balcony overhang during the show because I was, it was like, yo, the scream guy could be up there killing someone right now. No one would know. (laughs) I used to, spooky. I used to, one of my first jobs ever was like a a janitor at like 16 to like 18. I'm a janitor at 16. Is that allowed? (sighs) Family shit, bro. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just remember it it was probably like three in the morning. Uh, we had this one gig every now and then, and we would clean, uh, this theater, it, it was called the Seventh Street Theater. It was in Hoquiam, next to one of the first venues I ever went to, called the Building. R.I.P. That place was sick. So it was an creative. old karate dojo, but uh, it's I, a karate. I, yeah. Why was it called the Building? I just they just did not try at all with naming that place. It was so fucking punk, so just dirty the second you walked in there. But anyways, I I, I used to clean this um this theater. And it was 100% like we were told, yeah, this place is haunted. And there were certain like uh, certain just rooms that I'd have to clean by myself with a vacuum or something. And I just remember the creepiest fucking feelings just walking through there. And then there there were moments when uh, certain things would be moved around. (laughs) And like I was like, okay, maybe this is just... Maybe this is just my, my the other people fucking with me, but like this is a massive like old theater that w- that's way over a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. It's it's having trouble standing. Like if you walk on the roof, you could fall through. And right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I just remember when when I'd clean that place, just mm-hmm. really fucking bad. Like I, I've always felt safe, but there were just certain rooms, in particular the. Underneath the stage, there was this like hell hole. You could, it was <laughs> yeah, literally, I, I a, think underneath uh, any stage hole. is a hell hole. Like, I was like, man, Phantom of the Opera shit. Like, where is this guy? <laughs> he's like, where is he's he? He's literally just, <laughs> yeah. just fucking running around. <laughs> man, I wish ghosts Evil were real. I, I want them to be real so bad, uh, but I just don't think they are. Yeah. I like, even in that instance, like, what. Like, what does a hundred-year-old ghost benefit from moving a mop, <laughs> like, to a different location? Like, what the fuck does that, what does that do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the point of it? Like, oh, 
Yeah. My mom's in a different location. <laughs> I, I you really got me, ghoul. I, I, I think it was just the, the, the feeling of the place. You know, it, it even I, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, it's, the, it's just so big. That's why it's scary. It's it was so big to the point where it's just like, man, I, this this couldn't have been like one of the two other people that are cleaning this place right now because. It's so fucking big. They're busy you doing just something got else. Turned around because it's a big place, and you thought you left it in a different location than you did. Yeah, maybe I'm just like uh, self sabotaging my own brain or it something. It just seems weird that a ghost would move a mop to to, to spite you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Even like, well, it's, even it's a hundred. Like, is there that bored? It's like oh, I'm gonna fuck with this guy so hard. Like they can manipulate energy and they're spending that time moving mops. The ghost is just like, hey, I see you're cleaning my house and like. I want you to get the fuck out of here. Maybe he was like, <laughs> "How dare you?" Maybe he was trying to be like, "No, you missed this spot." I was gonna eat that floor of popcorn, but you, <laughs> you cleaned it, and now I'm sad. I'm hungry. I've been trying to pick up that floor corn for the better half of a century. <laughs> I keep trying to eat, but it keeps falling through me. It keeps oh. comedically falling through my ghost body. <laughs> Oh, dude, liquid was always my favorite bit. When, like, a ghost or a skeleton tried to drink a liquid. Oh, yeah. And it would, you would just hear the splashing on the floor. <laughs> man, yeah. Man, yeah. Man, yeah. A new brand of man, <laughs> Just taking in the scenery. Yeah, we're outside in the middle of the dark. It's, like, one in the morning. It's pretty hot. Not, like, physically, but, like, you know, horny levels <laughs> <laughs> through the roof right now. <laughs> yeah, it's really quiet out here. Usually there's like a lot more sound or maybe it's just the fact that I have these noise canceling headphones on right now, but Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that helps a lot. So like immerse yourself. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Uh this has been Dicky Time with my boy Justin Peterson. We're to band together for the likes of you. Appreciate you guys checking it out. Uh listen to our music, stream it below. Yeah, right now I have a couple projects that are very close to completion. Uh, doing a guest feature for Justin Haskins' band, uh, Lost Conduit. Just tracked a little bit. You helped me out with that, Mr. Yeah. Justin. Yeah, we had a great uh, session. Yeah, he helped me out big time with that. It was a lot of fun getting in that headspace and writing about some fantasy lyrics uh, that I haven't really wrote about before. Uh, it'll be a track featuring with Dan Watson, too, so if you guys are into that uh, squishy boy, <laughs> then you can get hype on that track. Uh, we are one step closer as well on my project with my boy Jacob Hansen. Uh, we actually have the project name now. It is called Dark Watch, so get ready for that. It's some blackened deathcore, uh, really old-school style instrumentals with a new-school uh, atmosphere and vocals, and uh, artwork and logos are all done, so just waiting on... Uh, the CDs to be made up. We're going to do a little segment on these podcasts where we end with a little recommendation, be it a band, be it a movie, be it a food fucking dish, who cares? We're going <laughs> to recommend you something. This week we're recommending you uh, a movie that both of us enjoy. Uh, Justin, would you like to go first? Yeah, I absolutely... Uh, it, trying to like tie it in with music and everything, mm -hmm. uh, this is a movie that I've just been going off on, and I feel like, yeah, people have watched it, but it's really flown under the radar for some reason. I think uh, Lords of Chaos. What a fucking great movie. Yeah, on you've been recommending that to me. I need to watch that. I keep forgetting. Oh, it's so good, man. It's just on the history of just Norwegian black metal and and uh, kind of like how these no-name, just troublesome kids end up using just this crazy uh, culture that they create. And... Uh, 
they manifest a music scene around it and then they become these kind of just characters and uh yeah it goes over all like the the church burnings that happened in in Norway around that time i think it was like uh 90s or late 80s or something but yeah it, such a fucking great movie it, it it talks so much on the concept of how like everyone even like the biggest rock stars or you know biggest uh, most popular musicians out there how really we're all just insecure motherfuckers that are just trying our hardest to act like we're somebody tough or something like that or like we're killers or satanists and uh everyone pretending like they don't have feelings yeah 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 great great movie i can't recommend it enough it's got macaulay culkin's uh, little brother in it he he, he was in scott pilgrim right he i think he was no wasn't he scott pilgrim's roommate the gay roommate I'm not sure. It's been a minute since I've seen that movie. He was in, uh, it was the same kid that played uh, the little boy in Signs. The, um, he also played uh, in Mean Creek. That's the same kid. Yeah, yeah, same kid. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, that's going to be my recommendation of the week, though. Watch Lords of Chaos. Great movie. Love it. Uh, a lot of people don't give black metal a chance because I feel like it's so, it's, it's kind of cringy by nature, but. It's it's got just a really really cool rich history about a very different type of genre, and I think uh, whether you do uh, rap, whether you do uh, even indie, you know, you can take something away from it because it, it just touches on uh, this music community so so well, and uh, yeah, just how that just the rise of it and also the fall, you know. How, oh, yeah. how things can get dark real quick if you just keep trying to be this fake thing that you're not, really. Right. Yeah. Dude, no way. What movie uh, you recommending, Abby? What the fuck? What? This is so confusing. <laughs> Bro, you're not going to believe this. So, the Lords of Chaos guy, right? Yeah. That's Macaulay Culkin's brother, yes. Yeah. The Scott Pilgrim guy mm-hmm. is a different Macaulay Culkin brother. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. He has Whoa. a third brother and his name's uh, Kieran Culkin. I had no idea. I That's fucking blowing my mind because what? I went to the, the Lords of Chaos guy. Mm-hmm. I went to his IMDb and I couldn't find Scott Pilgrim. I was like, huh, I'm going to go to Scott Pilgrim's IMDb and it's a different Culkin brother. That's so wild. I had no idea he had two brothers. You learn something called new brothers. every day, Austin. Every day. Today we learned that there are multiple Culkins. Thrice Culkin. <laughs> no one is safe. Everyone that dies, five more grow back. Dude, imagine if you left all three of them alone at different homes at the same time. My God. The world would explode. <laughs> Every band in ever would surrender. <laughs> Uh, my recommend this week. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start off fancy or like one of my biggest deep cuts. I'm gonna recommend a movie that did not deserve the L it took, and that is Underwater. That movie came out in January, which if you're a, a movie buff, you know January is the dump month where people just put out their shittiest, worst, low budget movies in hopes to make a little bit of money back, <laughs> and it. It's just notorious for being the bad month for movies. Like, January just never does good. Um, and this movie, Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart, 
is really good. I it was surprising. It was very surprising. I did not think it was going to be sick. It starts off super strong, very intense right away. Uh, a lot of cool morality like struggles. Um, Kristen Stewart's it breaks through for sure finally from her just vapid stare character. She's typecast as uh, she actually takes on a pretty heavy lead position and sells a lot through like facial expression and you can tell she's really taken that criticism yeah. to heart. I, I love anything that's like mysterious deep sea. Mm-hmm. Just it's And it's cool like that too. If you listen, if you, you like I highly recommend listening to this movie with headphones on or really good speakers because there's um background audio going on that significantly teases like the what's going what's going to happen yeah and it's something that i really enjoyed <laughs> like, just listening really, to. it really enhances uh, the overall yeah. experience big big thing i gotta warn you about uh tj miller's a little cringy in it <laughs> uh he says like four jokes that i was like boo <laughs> like yikes that was pretty like yeah. was that an improv bit <laughs> was, he makes an anime joke to a character that looks like he would know nothing about anime and then the guy was like oh yeah sick dude just, i know anime and he's like oh you like anime and they like go like way too long it reminded me of when dub dubstep was mentioned in deadpool yeah and then, and then they, they mentioned dubstep twice in deadpool and you're like dude this is like you're like five years too late to me- especially to mention it <laughs> twice and that's how this felt not that anime is late but like this just felt like a weird attempt. Someone was like, hey, make a, make like an anime joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Makes me think of, uh, do you watch that Predator remake? I forget what it, I think it was called The Predator. Which, which <laughs> the one with Adrian Brody? No, 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 no. That was, was uh, Predators. Like oh, you're right. There, there's yeah. so many fucking movies What's now. What's the, pre- the 2018 one? It's, yeah, yeah. I saw that in theaters, and there is a like spoiler alert. It's it's not really a spoiler. You oh, kind of expect that, it. Is that when they say the bad pun where they like call? Oh it my predator? god, it's so fucking bad. Uh, it's like the the predator re- legitimately just wakes up from a coma, and it's just like <laughs> I, I think it's either him or or, or the girl. I it, I, I kind of am drawing a blank on on here, but I just I will never forget how fucking bad the fucking insert of the the universal predator pun it just was inserted it was like something along the lines of the predator like standing up and just being like in his predator voice like you're one ugly motherfucker <laughs> stop dude. I was just like no the predator says no, that yeah the predator's the, just the predator like talks. hyper like like hey like arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> we got to we were trying to pay you that's why we're here you taught us how to speak and what? say this cool thing to our other predator friends I and hate that. i'm just trying to pay back yeah. Favor. I've Hopefully only seen your, your human body. I've only age. seen Dead Meat's uh, Kill Count on Predator, the new Predator. Yeah, because I heard it was really bad, and I also didn't like that it was directed by like comedy writers. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah, I saw that that uh, some that teaser of the the Predator making the arm go through and do a thumbs up, mm, and was like, yeah. what the fuck? When the hell would a Predator ever do that? <laughs> it's like uh, it's like in Wolverine when he like flips the the, the camera off with his fucking... <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, that's fucking badass! <laughs> hey, remember, the, remember comic books? Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, is this whole thing in a comic book? What was that? <laughs> is Wolverine aware he's in a comic book? What's happening? <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> uh, sorry, back to... So anyway, back to Underwater. What I was saying of... T.J. Miller, a little cringy. I will say his character, I think, is written pretty cool. Uh, I vibe a lot with who he is. He's like this sarcastic guy, but he's kind of got a heart of gold. And does like... he. There's a bit there. I'm going to spoil this bit because it's honestly... 
so funny. Uh, there's this girl that's like clearly having like a mental fucking breakdown when shit hits the fan. Like, you know, half the cabin's already exploded and, uh, they're like at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, you know, like this is pretty stressful yeah. and half the cabs exploded. This chick's like fucking not taking it well. And they're <laughs> talking about going out. Like somebody has to go out and get this like, oh, you got to go retrieve this thing. There's a distress beacon, like go check it out. And they're all trying to figure out who's going to go. And TJ Miller's character is like, all right, Suna, it's your time to shine. Step up. And you know, the girl that's like freaking out and she's like, what, what the fuck? What? <laughs> she like starts panicking and he, and he slaps her shoulder. He's like, I'm just fucking with you. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I was just, I was just kidding. And I was like, dude, I would be, I would fucking for sure be the one to do that. To like, <laughs> Hey, check this out. I'm going to fuck with her and, but I'm, I'll do it. It's fine. <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I did enjoy his character, but there was also, there was whack voiceover in the movie that like really ruined two very big parts. Um, and then TJ Miller's character's death could not have been more obvious that it was about to happen. He literally gives like a sentiment, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, so you're gonna die, huh? Yeah. And then like it happens like literally the next scene. You're like, that was you couldn't. That was really lazy of you guys to do that. Uh, but his death was fucking cool. It was like one of the, like the like most jaw dropping. Like, whoa, that was pretty sick. Things I had seen in a minute. Yeah. Um, sick. One of the sickest like mid or late movie creature reveals I've seen in a long time. And they nailed the underwater atmosphere. It really does feel murky and claustrophobic like they're underwater. Uh, I will say the characters feel a little underdeveloped other than Kristen Stewart's character. Um, but I think she goes through a, a full character arc that is very um, fun to watch. But there's really cheesy uh, voiceover at the end. And Kristen Stewart almost sounds like she's mad she's doing the voiceover. <laughs> so uh, keep that in mind. If you watch it, there might be a director's cut without voiceover. And I would watch that if you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch Underwater. You're going to have to watch Lords of Chaos. We're going to have yeah, to definitely. reconvene and uh, mm -hmm. discuss our opinions. Also, just watch The Lighthouse. What are you doing? Yeah, for real. Uh, that was definitely my favorite movie of 2019. Agreed. Yeah. 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 All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thanks again for uh, tuning in with us. Tuna. It was fun hanging out here in the woods with y'all. <laughs> Had a nice little campfire. Learned a lot Deep about ourselves. Had a good cry. A growl could be heard from the heart <laughs> of the wood. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah, check back in next week for another podcast. We'll see you soon. Be sure to subscribe for more and check out the playlist below with all the other podcasts that we have already done. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next week. Peace out.